Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm happy that you joined us on our podcast today. I'm recording this on April 19, 2020, right in the middle of the lockdown, the shelter-in-place, the stay-at-home, the quarantine that's been going on because of the Wuhan 19 virus. I want to talk with you today about a subject that I think is really important. We're going to talk about from lockdown to life change, a 30-day challenge to change your life. You know, if you're going to be trapped at home, as many of you are, uh, for all of this time, and you need to, you, you got two choices here. You can either waste it or you can invest it. And you need to invest that time. And I apologize for all the background drag racing noise you hear. I'm not in my normal recording place, so you may hear a lot of things behind me. <laughs> but uh, as we think about not being able to move about as, as we normally would. And this this could go on and on, by the way. If you live in a Democrat-controlled state, I pretty much think you'll be in lockdown until the day right before the national elections in November. If you live in the free states in our country, then probably your lockdown will last just a few more weeks and we'll be open for business again, and it's it's going to be great. Well, anyway... As long as you're at home, you might as well put it to good use, right? Well, you could read books, and depending on which books you read, that could be good or bad. For example, if you were to read the book The Prince by Giovanni Machiavelli from Italy, from the 1500s, I believe, then you'd probably turn into a pretty brutal person. (laughs) So be careful which books you read. And I think a better idea would be to read the book. Yeah, you got that right, the Bible. Did you know that throughout 20 centuries of what we would call civilized world history, more or less, that you were not considered to be fully educated unless you had a working knowledge of the Bible? That's a fact. Even if people didn't always personally believe in it, they knew a lot about the Bible. In fact, the early schools in America were founded for the purpose, the intentional purpose of teaching boys and girls from the youngest ages to actually read so that they could read the Bible and come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So if you're one of those... uh, backwoods folks that thinks that the Bible is an irrelevant book. Why would anybody ever read it? You need to catch up with the times, Bubba. Really educated people, again, whether or not they practiced it or believed it personally, they had a working knowledge of the Bible. So if you don't, you better do some playing catch up here. You better catch up with where you need to be. Because how can you make an educated, informed decision about something like your eternal destiny if you don't even know anything about the Bible. I mean, you don't know if you believe it yet or not, right? You've never read it. You have no idea. All you know about it is what you've heard about it from other people, like maybe your mom and dad, uh, preachers, best friend in high school, whatever. So 
So the point here that I'm making is very clearly, I want this to be blatantly obvious, is you should use this time to read the book. I'm going to give you some examples of some of these people I I have known, a few of them, one or two of them, Um, others I've heard about. I met one time at one of the churches I pastored, Marine Captain Joe Coco, United States Marine Corps. He told me this great story. He was assigned to defend Saudi Arabia along with his troops at the start of the first Gulf War. We didn't know it was going to be the first Gulf War at that time, but at the time it was called the Persian Gulf War. And he was assigned to to keep the Iraqi forces out of Saudi Arabia. Okay, right? So he figured, well, you know, we're out here. If uh, war breaks out, we'll probably live about 30 minutes. (laughs) And I've got all this time on my hands while we just wait and wait and wait. And I think he was in this position about 30 days. He says, so I decided to pick up my Bible and to read it, since I'd never read it, from cover to cover, from Genesis to maps, so to speak. And, you know, Captain Coco did that. He read the entire Bible while it was in that trench, (laughs) waiting on war. And, you know, at the end of that, he said, I realized the only logical decision that I had left was I needed to give my life to Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? True story. Here's somebody that I don't know, but I heard a little bit of their testimony online recently. My boss, Michael Franzese. He reached a point in his life where he had, uh, when he was locked up at one point, he had a whole lot of time on his hands. So he started reading everything he could get his hands on, especially the Bible and uh, Bible-related books. And he gave his life to Christ. And now he has a, a speaking ministry around the world. I do not, uh, I have met Kay Arthur, but I do not not know her personally as a friend. But her story is she was a nurse. And she reached a point in her life where she, as I understand it, it was was the end. (laughs) And she began to, to read the Bible. And she came to Christ as she was confronted with Jesus Christ in the pages of Scripture. I heard just today the testimony of former Army Ranger and Special Operator John Lavelle, who has an online uh, uh, video teaching the Warrior Poet Society. He teaches uh, defense and so forth. He explained how even in basic training in the Army, he he wasn't even looking for Jesus Christ, but as, as he explained it, he was he was assaulted and ambushed, raided, so to speak, by Christ as Christ invaded his life and began to read the Bible. An amazing story there. Look it up. Another one, I do not know this person either, but I've heard the testimony of an attorney named Bill Murray. Now, not that Bill Murray on Saturday Night Live, another Bill Murray. But he's famous, too, because he was the son of famous atheist Madeline Murray O'Hare. He was the student that she filed the lawsuit uh, that went to the Supreme Court. 
and got uh, Bible reading kicked out of public schools back in the 60s. Well, Bill Murray also reached a point in his life where he knew that there had to be more than life than he had experienced, and he needed to know about this God and about this Bible. And he said at the end of his rope, one night, late at night, in San Francisco, he left his his apartment or home, and he went out looking for a Bible. And I think the only bookstore that he could find open was a basically a pornographic bookstore. And he went in and asked the clerk if he had a Bible. And the clerk, with a smirk and a sneer, said, yeah, I got one. It's buried. <laughs> he said, it's on that table over there. And when Bill Murray went over, uh, there was, in fact, a Bible on that, that book table, but it was buried beneath the worst porn imaginable. But he bought that Bible, took it, went home, read it, and came face to face with Jesus Christ and turned his life over to Christ and became a preacher of the gospel. How's that for payback? Amen. Iris Yuri, I've met her, not a, not a personal friend, but I've met her. She was a former prostitute and I think had other prostitutes working with her. She reached a point in her life where she began to read the Bible and she met Christ and got saved. I have a similar story. And of course, I've met me, (laughs) so I know this story is true. I began to read a book called Peace with God by a a preacher you might have heard of named Billy Graham. And in that book, I read a lot of Bible verses and God got a hold of my life. And before I knew it, within a, a week or so, I gave my life to Christ, I became a Christian, and I devoured the New Testament in about three weeks after I became a new Christian. So I'm suggesting blatantly and openly that you read during these times when you can't go to work and you're trapped at home, read the Bible. If you don't have one, I bet many of you do, but if you don't, it's easy to go online to BibleGateway.com and you can get all the Bible you need right there online, free, 24 hours a day, all year long. So now you have no excuses. But I'm guessing most of you do have at least one Bible in your home. So here is, here is my challenge for you. I want you to read the Bible. Now, the Bible is the written Word of God the written Word of God, the printed Word of God. And here is why I want you to read the Bible. And I'm going to read just several verses here so you kind of get a feel for the importance of the Bible. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 12, verse 6, it says there, the psalmist writes, the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times so you know in an area era of fake news and you don't know who you can trust and a lot of what we read is not worth the time we put into reading it the bible stands out head and shoulders above all other writings the psalmist says there in Psalm 12, 6, I want to read it again. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver 
tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. In Psalm 119, verse 11, the psalmist wrote here, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So the psalmist here says to the Lord that by, by putting God's word into his heart, you have to read it to do that, right? That it would give him the guidance that he needed that he not sin against God. I mean, how can you know how to live if you don't know what the rules are, right? And I want to say this with, with uh, a good attitude and love in my heart and a smile on my face right now. Our country and our world is absolutely disintegrating because nobody knows what the rules are. Nobody knows what the plays are that we need to be running, and everybody's making it up on the fly. And this is why we look at total disaster. Well, Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. So maybe it's time to break out the playbook or the rule book. Would that make sense to you? That would be a good move. Another passage I want to bring before you is in the New Testament. Now, those were in the Old Testament, the Jewish Bible. These are in the New Testament. In Hebrews 4.12, we read this. This is what God's Word says about itself. For the Word of God is quick. That is, it's alive, it's living. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the, to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, what does this verse mean? This verse means that even as a Christian, when I open my Bible and I read the Bible, it is a living book. It is the living communication of God. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a dead letters on a page, okay? It's, it's an alive book, and it's a powerful book. And he says here, if you think of it like a sword, with two sharp edges, it cuts you coming and going. It's a two-edged sword. It 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 pierce. He says, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner. Listen to this: of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When when we open the Bible and we read it, God cuts right to through us. Does that make sense? God goes to the heart of the matter when we open the Bible. That's one reason so many people never open it, because God's not playing games. And this is a living book. So we, we read that in Hebrews 4.12. But then further in the New Testament, in the book of 2 Timothy 2.15, 2 Timothy 2.15, the Apostle Paul writes here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, about, the, about what 
what his mentor, uh, he was mentoring Timothy, who was another pastor. And this is what he told Timothy to do in verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, some of you know enough about the Bible to know that the Apostle Paul was also a skilled craftsman. And by the way, the Jewish people, the rabbis taught that if any man uh, did not teach his son a trade, even if that man was a rabbi, if he did not teach his son a trade by which he could earn a living, that he was doing his son an injustice. Did you know that? Well, right here, Paul was uh, using something he knew a lot about. Paul, by trade, was a tent maker. Tents were a big deal in Paul's day. And he knew all about uh, cutting it straight to according to a pattern, the correct pattern that didn't change, so that when he put the pieces of leather or fabric together and sewed them up, they would be a tent, not some monstrosity. Well, Paul uses that, that metaphor, that analogy here. Study, he says to Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that phrase, rightly dividing the word of truth, means cutting it straight. So just like Paul would cut those those pieces of leather or fabric straight according to the correct pattern so that when he put them together, they would form an actual usable tent. He said that same approach needed to be taken to the Word of God. He, he instructs him further in the next chapter, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy three fourteen through 17. He says to Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus." All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, this is what Paul says under the inspiration of the Spirit, where the Bible tells us about itself. Timothy's told that he needs to to remember what he's been taught, that he can count on it, and and he can think especially of the trustworthy people like Paul and like his mother and grandmother who had invested the Word of God in him. And then in verse 15, he, he he reminds him, he says, look, you've known the Holy Scriptures since you were a little guy, young, a young kid. And he reminds him that the, the scriptures are able to make 
a person wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now by this time, Timothy was already a Christian, but it would do that same thing in the life of anyone who began to read the Bible. And here's why. In verse 16, we see the reason. You see, the Bible, as I've said, is not like any other book in the entire world. It is not just a book on a shelf, uh, printed letters and words on a page, and it's just some dead book between covers stuck on a shelf. That is not the Bible. If that's your view of the Bible, man, have you got a lot to learn. And the reason you don't know this yet is you've not opened it yet, truly. Now, here's why the Bible is such a dangerous book to the dictators and socialists and communists and all other ists that shouldn't even be around today. This is why the Bible is so dangerous to them, and this is why they're determined to to rid the world of the Bible, to get the Bible out of people's hands. You see, the Bible is a, is a spectacularly unique book. Why do I say that? Verse 16 in 2 Timothy 3. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. You see, when Paul even wrote this verse, when Paul wrote his letters, when the gospel writers wrote the gospels, when Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, when the prophets wrote their books, when David wrote the Psalms, they were under the, the guidance and control, the inspiration of God. And he says here, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, that it is, it is literally, in Greek, breathed out from God. So the Bible is not a book by men about God. The, the Bible is a book by God about himself that also tells men about themselves and their need for Christ. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. That is, it's, it has a, a, a good, useful use. It is profitable for doctrine. What's that? Teaching. Well, I don't know a lot about the Bible, Ed. Well, that's what it was given for, to teach you. You need to open the pages. It is, and we see, and is profitable for doctrine, that's teaching, for reproof, that is, you know, whether I was a little kid or, or, or an old guy now, there are times in my life when I need to be called out. The Bible reproves me. It says, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> the Bible points out when I'm going wrong. Now, again, one of the reasons the entire world is melting down right now is because people have chosen to not open this book. They do not know right and wrong anymore. I mean, I think we do, but it's like we don't want to be told about it. You get it? So the Bible is profitable for doctrine that is teaching me. It's profitable for reproof. That is, it can, it can call me out. It's also profitable for correction. You see, a good loving father, as God is, doesn't just tell us that we're wrong he shows us where we're wrong and how to correct that. 
let's say that you have a marriage that uh, that you cannot describe right now as being made in heaven. In fact, you think it has other places it was made. You know what? If Christ becomes the Savior and Lord of of you and your spouse, husband and wife, it's amazing the transformation that will come in that home. And the Bible is is an avenue for this. It is the avenue for this because the Bible tells husbands to love their wives, wives to to uh, reverence their husbands and follow their leadership, you know, willingly, not being made to, they want to. It tells children to obey their parents, that is to listen up to them and follow their guidance. I mean, just that simple example of the home life, if we could put our, like a good doctor, a doctor, what do they do? When you go to the doctor, say, oh, I don't have well, it hurt here? You know, and they poke you right where you don't want them to poke. Yeah, it hurts there. I just told you that. Well, you know, they put their finger on the pain, right? The pain, the pain point, right? Whether it's physical or psychological, whatever it is. They put their finger in it, you know, and just jab you. The Bible does that. It reproves us, but then a good doctor and a loving father says, now here's what you need to do because of this. This is where you need to change. This is what you you need to do for this to be made better. So the Bible not only gives us doctrine and reproof, but also correction. Just like a loving mom or dad would say, son, Stop doing that. This is what you need to do, and this is how you need to do it. That's that's love in action, right? Correction. And then we see it's also profitable for instruction and in righteousness. It can it can give me the instruction to under under the you know with the help of the Holy Spirit within the power of Christ. God is is able to help me put this together so that I start the growth process of becoming more and more like Jesus. Now, verse 17 gives us the reason all of this is, the Bible does all of this for us. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. That is, that the man of God may be complete, you know, fully equipped like a soldier outfitted for battle, like a ship properly rigged to take to the seas, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That is, we're we're complete so that we're like that equipped soldier, like that ship that is properly rigged, thoroughly furnished. We're 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 complete and we're grown up and we're we're just totally outfitted. Why? so that we can do the good works that God has planned for us. God has a purpose and a reason for your life. Do you know what that is? Well, no, I don't know what that is. Well, you, you need to open this Bible, man. I mean, how old are you anyway? 33, 59, 17? And you don't know, you might not know God personally, but we're trying to help you change that. And even if you do, you say, well, I, I know the Lord, Brother Ed, I'm a Christian, I have no idea why I'm here. Come on, lady. Come on, man. Come on, teenager. Get an older child. Get in the Word. God will show you what His purpose is for you. Now, let's plug this in because I told you that we're, we're talking about from lockdown to life change. 
a 30-day challenge to, to change your life. And here it is, right here. All right, the Bible has 66 books, right? Well, you agree with me because it does. 39 are in the Old Testament, and 27 books are in the New Testament. Now, if you want to go heavy duty, and I'm telling you, if you say, Pastor Ed, you have no idea what a total rogue I am, then you're probably the guy or gal that needs to do heavy duty right here. And I, here's my prescription right here. And I want you to write it down because you're not going to remember it. In fact, Satan will come behind this podcast and try to just erase it from your brain. So write this down. If you're saying, I'm so far gone, I'm not sure there's any help for me, then this is the one you need to do. And you're going to turn white when I read this, like you just died or something, all right? I want you to read the Bible in 30 days. <laughs> yes. Pastor Ed, that's 66 books. Yep. And I've already done the math for you. Uh, you in fact, you already need to be doing this. <laughs> You're going to have to read 2.2 books a day on average for 30 days to read the entire Bible in 30 days. Now, I know that there's some Wiccans and drug dealers and, uh, you know, gangsters and all kinds of folks out there right now listening to this that you're thinking, I'm in because I'm desperate. And that's what you need to do. You figure out how to do it. Put your big boy and big girl pants on and you figure out how to read the whole Bible in 30 days. I'm going to tell you why in a minute, okay, in, in a few minutes as the drag racers go past me again. So for you people who are so far gone that you need heavy-duty help, um, starting today, you're going to start reading 2.2 books in the Bible today, starting in Genesis as the very first book. Now, for others of you, you say, well, I don't think I'm that far gone. All right. Then maybe you want to do the Old Testament. Now, that's 39 books in 30 days. You're going to have to read basically one Old Testament book a day, a little more than that, actually, 1.3 Old Testament books a day, okay? If you just want to read the Old Testament. All right, now for others of you, you may say, well, I think I need to start in the New Testament. Okay, great. Then, then your challenge is this. You're going to read 27 books over the next 30 days, and that's 0.9 uh, books a day. So basically, if you read one book a day of the New Testament, then obviously in 30 days, since there's 27 books, in 30 days, you will have read the entire New Testament. Now, I'm here to tell you that is totally doable, even for you C students out there, okay? Brother Ed, that's a lot of reading. Hey, nobody has to do it. I'm only talking to the people who want a life change. And if that's not you, whatever. But if you came here and you're tired of lockdown and you want life change, this is a 30-day challenge to change your life. And if it doesn't matter that much to you, oh well. All right, now, for others of you, you may say, well, I don't, I don't think I've heard mine yet. That, this one's going to be yours right here. You want to read all four Gospels in the New Testament. 
four books in over a 30-day period, basically, like, you're gonna, here's how it's going to go for you. You're going to start out, and over the next seven days, you're going to read the entire gospel of Matthew. Then in the second week, the entire gospel of Mark. <laughs> then in the third week, you're going to read the entire gospel of Luke. And the fourth week, you'll finish strong with the, reading the entire gospel of John. Four books in 30 days. That's one gospel a week. Now listen, if you get ahead, it's okay. As soon as you finish Matthew, go right into Mark. I bet that you're going to read the all four Gospels probably within about two weeks or sooner. They're exciting books. You'll see what I mean when you get in them. Now for others of you out there, and I'm not blaming nobody, I'm not casting any judgment, some of you, uh, this is what you're going to need to do because you know already you're not going to read 66 books in 30 days. All right? Here it goes. Hey, anybody with a pulse can read or listen to what I'm going to tell you right here. The Gospel of John, that's the fourth gospel. So you go to the Last half of the Bible, the New Testament, you go from Matthew, Mark, Luke, boom, John. When you find the Gospel of John, the fourth one, you're going to read 0.7 chapters a day. Now, I know you're not really going to read 0.7 chapters a day. There's 21 chapters in John. Basically, in three weeks, you can finish the entire Gospel of John, certainly within a month. So what I've just given here are five challenges that that was, one of these fit you. I'm not trying to tell you which one, but one of them does, and you need to pick it out. And if you didn't get everything I just said, listen to the podcast again, back it up, whatever you need to do, and listen to this part again. Now, here's why, Okay. Here's why I want you to read the Bible, the written word. Because whether you're a Christian already, but you really have not grown very much in the Lord, or maybe you're a brand new Christian, you're new to this, or you know you're not a Christian. You may even belong to some other uh, religious tradition, or none at all. You may be an agnostic, an atheist, Whatever. Here's why I want you to get into the Word of God. When you, when you read the written Word of God, the Bible, you're going to meet Jesus, the living Word. What are you talking about, Pastor Ed? I thought you said the Bible is the living Word of God. It is. It's the living, written Word of God. It is alive and active. It is a living book, unlike any other book in world history. There's no book remotely like the Bible. And a lot of people can't handle it because it's too true about sin and about us and our need for Christ. But you're not going to be like that. You're going to keep reading it. And if you will keep reading the Bible, the written word of God, you're going to meet Jesus, 
the living Word of God. Now, why do I say that? All right, um, if you can turn to this real quick, great. If not, I want you to listen. I'm reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and I'm reading verses 1 through uh, 18, I think. Uh, yeah, okay. Listen to this. Now, uh, let me help you out here. Every time you hear the word, word, and what I'm about to read is, is not talking about the written word, the Bible, like you, like you would think of, okay? It's talking about Jesus, the living word. Listen to what the word of God written tells us about the living word, Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things that were made by him, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the light, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, now he's talking about Jesus here now. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Isn't that neat? When, when the Word of God, Jesus, came into this world as the light of God, He 
he exegeted God the Father to us. He explained God the Father to us. When you, if you had been alive during the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you saw Jesus Christ, who he is and how he taught and how he acted and all of that, you were seeing God in human form. Jesus is the Savior of the world. Jesus, in fact, is God himself, as this passage says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. Over in John 3.16, we read another wonderful verse. John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friends, if you will take the 30-day challenge to change your life, and you will read the Bible, the written Word of God, you will meet Jesus, the living Word of God, just like Captain Coco did, just like K. Arthur the nurse did, just like mobster Michael Franzese, just like Army Ranger Special Operator John Lavelle did, just like Bill Murray the atheist attorney did, just like Irish Yuri the prostitute did, just like I did. Get in the Word Pick one of those five ways to do it. Do it. Stay with it. In the written word, you will meet Jesus, the living word. If you want to speak with someone about a spiritual question, about becoming a Christian, write this number down. 888-537-537. 8720. One more time, 888-537-8720. I'm also going to give you a couple of numbers relating to Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. I do not know if, I think you can call these numbers and text this number um, pretty much five days a week, I believe, but I know you can do it on Sunday mornings. Uh, during worship time, but you may try it at any time during the day, and I I believe they are manned. 901-347-2000. Call that number. You can also text to this number, 901-450-450. 5977. One more time. 901 450 5977. I'm glad you joined us today. I hope that you will take some form of this challenge and that you will get in the written word of God, the Bible, so that you can meet and get to know and worship and love Jesus, the living word. Thank you for listening, and please help us spread the news about this podcast. It's free to everyone who wants to listen, www.dredhill.podbean.com. There's no period after that DR. 
We can be found on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeart Radio Podcast, and other places as well. Thank you for listening in today. God bless you is my prayer. And I hope in 30 days you will experience life change as you never thought possible. God bless you. Bye-bye.